All right. Well, hello again. And I'm really, really glad that you're with us. And I do. We just saw the here for good update about the local good center in San Antonio and all that. It's just so cool. And there's thousands of people that are going to be impacted because you've chosen as a church to be here for good as God asks us to be. So uh, thank you for uh, jumping in and being part of what's going on around here. So today we are continuing this series called Solid. And the series is about really becoming the kind of people we all want to be. Like Tom Petty talked about, the kind that won't back down, the kind that stand their ground. The, the kind of people that are just solid. Like when, when other people go through the same circumstances, they crumble and their faith crumbles or they freak out. They make really bad decisions. But there are some people, we all know them, we all respect them. We're like, wow, how can they be so strong? How can they be so solid? And, and what they're going through uh, solid in circumstances, also solid in character. We know people we will be talking about that next week, but we know people who are just so solid in character, like they just are consistent and that we can always count on them to do the right thing. And it seemed to know the right thing to do. And when they mess up, like everybody messes up, they handle that with character, too, and with humility and they, you know, all that. And you're like, wow, they're just so solid. And also, uh, we're talking about solid, and this is what we're talking about today in terms of our thinking. That some people just seem to have a grid, a grid of truth and wisdom, uh, that they filter everything through so they're not flighty. They're not, you know, they don't get swayed by this thing over here, or swayed over here. They just are solid. And that is so important in our life because as we're going to see today, well, Proverbs says it. Uh, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That what our thinking determines our life. And you and I will never have a solid life if we don't have solid thinking. And another way to think about that is if we aren't anchored uh, in our thinking, anchored in truth and anchored in wisdom. Um, now, when I talk about anchoring, it reminds me I haven't told a sailing story in a long time. So it's about time I did, because we do like to sail from time to time. Uh, and uh, Christy and I, with some friends and family, uh, every now and then uh, we'll go uh, down to the Caribbean and bare boat sail. And if you're wondering what that means, that has nothing to do with sailing naked. Some of you are like, oh, man, that's terrible. Why are you doing that? You're a pastor. That's not what we do. That People do that. That's just not the way we roll. What bare boat sailing is is sailing without a captain or meaning we're our own captain. So you you have to go through some training and experience. But and then you, you get the boat and you're you're the captain of the ship. So call me Captain Jeff. And and when we go down there, but there's responsibility attached to that, too. Right. And so um, so early on, the first thing you do is you check out the boat and make sure you understand it and make sure everything's OK. And in this case, this was a, a two times ago we went. This was down in Belize. You know, it's a 45 foot catamaran, uh, 20 feet or so wide. And the anchor, I noticed, was just tiny for that size boat. It was just like, you know, just about like this big, which for that size boat is ridiculous. And I so with the, you know, the charter company, I was like, hey, this doesn't make any sense. This Belize has grassy bottoms. I I don't you know, I, I just this is not going to work. Like, I don't feel comfortable. With, oh, no, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. All. So they talked me into it. But I was still nervous about it. So the first night we anchored and I dove the water line, went down and made sure the anchor was set. Um, and we got through the night. I, I checked it again. And, and without much wind, we dragged about 20 feet, which is not encouraging because I knew that a storm was coming the next night. And sure enough, a storm came, a squall line 
40 plus mile an hour winds, rain sideways. I mean, just this incredible storm. And, uh, and, you know, we're in the cabin and, and all I can think about is that little dinky anchor. And so I, I went out of the cabin, went into the stormy darkness with my flashlight and my rain jacket on and this, it's just this craziness. And I go out to the front to see how we're holding. And we had two boats. There was a, a, another boat. Part of our crew was anchored next to us. And all of a sudden I noticed that they took off like going forwards really fast. And it was like, wow, where are they? You know what? They must be in trouble. But then I noticed it was like a ski boat, not a sailboat. The way they, I mean, they just started off so fast, like, you know, sailboats don't do that. I'm thinking, wow, how did they do that? And then I realized they weren't going forwards. We're going backwards. Uh, we were off our anchor and we were just at the mercy of the storm, which is not good. Because in Belize in particular, it's shallow. There are coral reefs everywhere. There were reefs all behind us. And there was no way this was going to work out well. And except there was one tiny little mangrove island with nice little sand going up to it. That was not very big. The chances of us being blown into that mangrove island rather than a reef were about zero. Except there's a God who's gracious. And we ended up going right just poof into the sand in that one little spot that we'd be okay. So we got through that night. But the rest of the trip for me was miserable. It was supposed to be a vacation, but I got like no sleep because I was constantly all night going to check our anchor, make sure that we were holding, make sure that we were OK, because you don't want to be on a big ocean with real waves and real wind and real reefs and not be well anchored, not have a solid anchor. The same thing is true in this world of difficulties in this world of ideas If you and I don't have a solid anchor, and I'm talking about our thinking, if we're not solidly anchored in truth and in wisdom, we will be blown off course. That when every uh, every wave of adversity comes at us, the way we interpret that, if we don't have solid thinking, then we will interpret it wrong. People get disillusioned with God. They get angry. They get whatever. Um, Or when every wind of uh, ideas comes through, often bad ideas comes through, then we'll just be swayed. And that process is happening all the time. And the Bible talks a lot about that. It's a big concern in the New Testament. And we're going to look at one of the passages to make sure that our thinking is solid because it is so easy to be deceived. It is so easy to think we're thinking well and not be thinking well. And our life is compromised in ways we don't even know it. And I'm not. And right now, I think with that topic, it's easy to think, man, I'm glad he's talking about this because I know people who are like that. Who are deceived. And man, they're thinking, is it? And I'm telling you, this is for me. This is for you. All of us right now, our thinking is not as solid as it could be. And it is impacting our lives negatively. And it's why the Bible is so passionate about this one. And today we're going to talk about how do we become, wherever we're at, how do we become more solid in our thinking? So today we're going to be in this passage in the book of Colossians as Paul, who was a church planter, started churches, who was a pastor, and wrote much of the Bible, is talking to uh, one of his churches. And here's what he says. Jesus is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, 
in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so no one may deceive you by fine sounding arguments. For though I'm absent from you in body, meaning he was not there, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, you became a Christian. Awesome. Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Now, I know that's a lot, but notice his goal, what he wants for them, because this is what God wants for you. It's what God wants for me to be solid. Catch the words he's using fully mature, rooted like a tree with deep roots, rooted and built up in him. He shifts metaphors to a building with a solid foundation there. So think about deep roots, solid foundation built up in him, strengthened in the faith. He delights how firm their faith is. He wants them to be solid in their thinking, solid in their faith. Why? Well, he tells us why. I tell you this so no one may deceive you by fine sounding arguments, meaning there's a lot of truth out there that's not truth. There's a lot of ideas floating around out there that are really bad, but they sound really good. And in our culture, they sound awesome. And a lot of people, all of us fall for things that we don't realize. And it's just happening all the time. He says, I don't want that to happen to you because it doesn't end well. You'll end up on a reef somewhere. You don't want that. Or the way he says it in Colossians 2, 8, it's our responsibility. See to it that no one takes you captive. And that's a, that's a powerful image, takes you captive. Because what we think, right, we're kind of captive to our thinking. Our life comes out of what we're thinking. That's why the word repent, you hear, you know, preachers say repent. Well, repent is a Bible word. It just means change your mind. Because if you change your mind, you'll change your life. Because it starts with our thinking. And he says, so see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition, meaning what sounds good in our culture and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Here's where this gets a little scary. There's going to be plenty of bad ideas floating around out there because we're human beings. But there's also the elemental spiritual forces of this world. He's talking about Satan and demons who are always out to to trick us, always out to cause us to think badly. Um, you know, you've heard news stories uh, lately, uh, if you follow news stories about some of our enemies like Russia or Iran or different countries that are that are using our social media and media in different ways to compromise uh, our culture and to make us even more fearful and more polarized and more divided than we would be anyway. Evidently, they must be doing a good job because we're certainly polarized and divided. But they're trying to use information and misinformation to do that, right? There's bad actors out there who are trying to do that. That's one thing. I mean, I'm sure they're good at what they do. But Satan and demons are really good at what they do. And they're working on our thinking all the time. I mean, just, you know, take it back to the Garden of Eden. Um, You know, Adam and Eve, what did Satan do? His first temptation was to get them to doubt truth and doubt God's word. And that's always happening. And, and here's the problem with deception and fine sounding arguments is that they sound good. And when you're deceived, you don't know it. That's the point, right? It's not like you say, well, hey, somebody, hey, how are you doing? You know, I'm really deceived and basing my life on a lot of bad truth 
that's not true at all. And I think it's I think it's really compromising my life. Like nobody's aware that they're deceived because they wouldn't be deceived. Right. And so it's people are when we're deceived, we don't know we're deceived until we hit a reef. And then you're like, oh, that didn't work. And I'm sure all of us have had those experiences where we've been duped by something and then you realize it and you're like, how did I fall for that? You ever had one of those experiences? I, I remember uh, Christy and I years ago, this was like 25 years ago, and it was with a timeshare presentation. Now, I have no problem with timeshares as a concept. Um, it can be great. And people, I have friends who love them and use them. They like to stay in nice places. It forces them to do it. Um, this is not about timeshares bad. That's not what this is about. However, this would have been a bad thing if it had played out. So, so early in our marriage, we, I was in graduate school and seminary and we didn't have a lot of money. It's so about the only way we could do a vacation was we'd get these little timeshare invitations, you know, and you get a free weekend somewhere or whatever. And so, so we would, Hey, okay, we'll do it. And you have to sit through the presentation. And, and the good news, we made so little money that when we told them how much money we made, they were always like, you know, I don't think you need to stay for the presentation. So it always worked out really great for us. But about a few years into it, uh, of doing this, we went to this presentation and we had we'd gone sailing for the first time, bareboat sailing. And we you know, really loved it. We thought that was great. And he convinced us that that part of this package was the ability to do that for free, which if that was true, that would have been a really good deal and a really killer deal. Like it would have been a no brainer to sign up for it. So what did we do? We signed up and we paid our money. We signed the thing. And later that night, you know, we started thinking, we're like, you know, that seems too good to be true because this particular thing we paid for is so, I mean, relatively small and, and to, for the rest of our lives, we'll do, that doesn't make sense. And then we, of course, looked at the, you know, looked more deeply and realized we've been lied to and it wasn't true at all. And, but he got our money. He got us to sign, right? So we didn't sleep much that night. At least I didn't. So we go back the next day to talk to this guy. And um, and you can imagine what he said, right? I'm, hey, look, I'm sorry you misunderstood. But you signed up and we, you know, have your men. We don't, you know, once you do that, you know, you're, you know, you should have read it more deeply. You should have asked more questions. I'm sorry that there, you had this misunderstanding. We're like, OK, so I mean, I, he knew he lied, right? And so, uh, so what am I going to do? So it's one advantage I have that most people don't. And, and that is every once in a while I can go full pastor on somebody <laughs> and use guilt and shame and whatever, right? It doesn't work much anymore, but 25, this is like 20 something years ago. It, it still worked. And so here's what I mean by going full pastor on this guy. So I just said, you know, I, I understand. Um, and, and yet I know you can make a different decision. And, and here's the thing, why, why it's such a big deal to us is because, you know, we're, I'm a pastor and every dollar that I have is God's and every dollar I have, somebody gave, I mean, my salary comes from people who give to our church, who give in worship of God, who give in honor of God. And therefore that comes with a lot of responsibility for me because one day I'll answer to God. For how I, the truth is, this is true for all of us, but that's another sermon. But I'll answer to God for every dollar I spend. And if I do that recklessly, if I don't do that well, like, and, and, and I'll stand before God to give an account for this, but one day you will too, for the decisions you make. 
And I just want to give you the opportunity before that time to do the right thing. And see what I mean by full pastor? And, uh, and he, uh, and he's like, you know, and he paused a little bit and he said, you know what? I've never done this, but I'm going to let you out of it. And he said, I had a grandmother that helped raise me and she was a Christian and she was a really committed person to our church. And she's one of those people that gave money in worship of God. And I know what she would want me to do. And so I'm going to. I'm going to let you out of this. And I said, just a little bit more full pastor. Well, I know your grandmother would be very proud. And she's probably looking down from heaven right now saying, way to go. Right. (laughs) So use it if you have to just make make it up. Act like you're a pastor. I, I give you full permission. You can call me and I'll just make you one. And you can use that if you ever need it. Um. Now I don't even remember why I was talking about that. It was just, you know, just therapeutic to get. No, but it was so it was so bad in that in those moments when you realize you're like, how did I get fooled? How did I get duped? How did I? I knew it was too good to be true. And and usually, except for God's grace, when something sounds too good to be true, it's not. And, oh, man, how did I do this? You know, how could I let this happen? But that's the nature of deception. We don't we don't know. Otherwise, it wouldn't be deception. That's why he says, watch out for fine sounding arguments because they sound great. And it's been really interesting to be a pastor through this pandemic. And I'm not just talking about other people. OK, me, too. I'm in this world. I'm imperfect. I, I want to deepen and grow my thinking, too. But it's been really interesting to see some people do really well and some people not as well because of just bad thinking in a stressful time like a pandemic and all the other stuff that's been going on. And so here's just some things that I've heard from well-meaning people who know Jesus, who this sounds good to them, but it's so not good and leaves them on a reef and they don't even know it or they do eventually. But here's some of those things. Jesus is my vaccine. You can get vaccinated or not. I, I'm not going to comment about that. I'm not a healthcare person. But don't do it for that reason, because that's bad theology. Jesus didn't promise to do that. And uh, or we're a Christian nation and must take America back. Uh, that kind of Christian nationalism is unbiblical. It's not not what we're called to do. This is not a Christian nation. This is one of the nations of this world. We're citizens of heaven, representative here. Uh, our job isn't to fight. Our job is to love. And if we do this, we'll actually we'll actually push people away from Jesus. Uh, let's not talk about issues like race. Let's stick to the Bible. Um, well, if you stick to the Bible, guess what? You're going to talk about race because it's a big thing. I mean, it, it's a it's a big part of theology. It's like Ephesians 2 is actually part of the gospel. It's like, all these things are sermons. I've got to keep moving on. God would never let me suffer more than I can handle. And so when it seems like he does, then I get mad at God and I'm out and all that. And, and in a pain, you know, God's not going to let me lose my job. God's not going to let me. And that's not what God promised. That's another sermon um, because he'll help you handle anything you go through. But anyway, I can't preach a sermon here. <laughs> Follow your heart. You know, you got to do what you want to do. Or um, like one person said, I know it's God's will because I have perfect peace. Doesn't that sound good? Except what they wanted to do is unbiblical. I mean, very unbiblical. I mean, God had already said, you want to know God's will. I mean, it's there in the Bible and they felt, but they felt really great about doing it. Um, Similar to that, somebody, 
this is a really solid person. I, I know it'd be better to do my sexual life the way God says, but it's not that big of a deal. And I know he'll forgive me anyway. And yet God's forgiveness is always there, but that's missing the point. It's so destructive. Another really solid person. It wasn't God's will for me to marry my wife in the first place. And I know she isn't the person he had for me. So I'm going to get divorced. And I know that's what God wants. Like, really? Um, And he'll wake up one day. But too late. I like to hear ex-preacher because he's so deep. And in this case, this guy's not deep. He's a like bad theology guy. And. And there's a lot of those people out there, right? And you say, oh, so deep, because it sounds deep, but it's not deep, right? And, and it's going to take you down a path that you don't want to go down. Now, those are just some examples. And I'm not trying to sound mean or anything like that. It's just, it's easy for any of us to be pulled by ideas that sound good. That's why Paul is saying, don't let that happen to you, because it matters. Uh, another way of the way we get pulled off course is by making a big thing out of things that are small. And the Bible tells us not to do that. Like we make really big deal out of things that aren't small. That's what the Pharisees did. Jesus talked about that. Or to make a little thing out of things that the Bible says are really big deals. You know, that is another. There's just all kinds of ways to get blown off course. And so what do we do? Because there's always ideas floating around out there, especially in our world. I mean, 2000 years ago it was happening, but wow, now with media and all that and social media, we just, oh my goodness. So what do we do? Well, Paul told us, just as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. This word rooted and strengthened, um, another way to say it is established. I'll talk about here in a little bit, but it means to, he's just saying, look, it is your responsibility to dig your roots deeper. Don't wait for somebody else to do that for you. Like it's your responsibility to dig your roots deep. Like he says, see to it that no one takes you captive. Um, Elsewhere in 2 Corinthians 10, he says, take every thought captive to the Bible, to the word of God. Um, Don't be captive. Don't be held captive. Instead, hold your thoughts captive. And and how do you do that? Well, you be rooted and strengthened. So here's what I'm going to ask us to do, because just like Paul said 2000 years ago, he said, man, I so earnestly labor and we're doing everything we can for you for this to happen. Well, 2000 years later, as a pastor like Paul, that's the way I feel that I want to do everything we can as a church to help all of us do that and to be deeper, be more deeply rooted so that when bad things happen to us and they will Our faith won't be shaken. And when bad ideas come at us and they will and they'll sound great, we'll have a filter. They'll be like, oh, no, just like our phones. When they say scam likely on the call, be like "Uh -uh, scam likely. I don't need extended warranty. I'm good. You know, whatever it is. Right. That we'll know. Well, how do we do that? Well, what I want us to do this summer and and our staff and, and has been working hard on this summer for this reason, because I want to make this a summer of depth. I want us to go deeper. Meaning I want to dig reaper. I want us to dig deeper roots and it's up to you. The opportunities there. And here's some of those opportunities. Uh, one of those opportunities is called established. And you may have gone through that because 6,000 chase hookers have gone through established and which is cool. But established was was written out of the concern of Colossians one and two. That word rooted and strengthened, that's the same Greek word, transterizo, if you care, is the one translated established, to be strengthened in your faith, to be established, to be solid in your faith. It's a 10-week process 
to say, how can I make sure that the things I really need to know, I, I know. And it also deepens you in relationship with other people in really cool ways. And so those will be starting. You can go on our website, chaseoaks.org slash established and find out about it when they start this summer here in just a little bit. There'll be some virtual groups. There'll be a bunch of uh, in-person groups at our campuses. And if you haven't gone through established, let me encourage you, challenge you to do that. Many of you, like I said, have gone through that. And or maybe you're just interested in this one, even if you haven't gone through established. But uh, this summer we're having master classes. Um, I think there are five master classes. And what and this is really cool because they're digital and they're on demand. And then you will have interaction with other people. But you'll watch it on your own time. It's digital on demand. It'll be dropped when you sign up for the class. A new week, it drops each week uh, through the course. And which means you can do it from anywhere. So if you go to the beach, you have no excuse not to go deeper. Because you, you can, at the beach, you can go deeper. You can do it uh, right there. Or if you go to the mountains or if you go to an outlet mall, <laughs> why, I don't know. But if you do, you can do it right there if you want. You can do it anywhere. Um, and master, one of them is on 30 days to understand the Bible. How the Bible fits together. The big story of the Bible. Uh, what the Old Testament is and the New Testament and how they're different. The books of the Bible. I mean, all this, if you haven't done that before, something like that, do it. That's going to be a really great one. They're all great. There's going to be one on leadership and taking our leadership to a, a different level. Uh, there's one on finding your purpose and finding your calling. Uh, there's one on parenting. There's one on finances. So these are going to be really great. And let me encourage you to go uh, use them to go solid. Uh, the new Chase Oaks app is coming out soon. And that's designed not only to give you information about the church. It's really designed to be a spiritual deepening tool, a daily tool. Like the first thing you do every day would be to put up your Chase Oaks app and it'll take you through time in God's word. A time you can pray, talk to God at the beginning of the day or whenever you want to do it. Um, and it, it just it's designed to be a, a daily a walk with God, not just an occasional walk with God and, and be in the Bible and just go deeper uh, every day that way. Also, you've heard about the changes that are coming to uh, kid zone at Chase Oaks uh, in the fall. It's really cool because it'll be as fun as ever. We'll keep kid zone fun, but it also and it's always been intentional, but we're adding a lot of intentionality around what we're talking about right now, because we want our kids to be rooted in strong thinking and in the faith. And so through the, the whole course of the time, there's been a lot of thought put in to how can we make sure kids are exposed to and are going deeper in the truths that they need to be growing deeper with so they'll have a good filter with all that's coming at kids now um, in this world. And so um, that's going to be awesome and really thankful for that. There's one more thing I'm going to ask you to choose. And this one, whether you choose any of these other ones, I hope you will. But this one, I hope everybody chooses. And it's an option, but I hope it's one we all choose. And if you choose this one, it'll go a long way to causing you to be way deeper. And it's called humility. It's not a class, but it's a life commitment. And I'm just going to speak really open here. Um, as a pastor, um, I've seen, you know, you just have a unique seat, right? To see people go through a stressful time like we've gone through in this pandemic. And I've seen some people go through it, like I said, and get stronger in their faith and deeper. And I've seen other people go way off course and all kinds of things going on. And thinking, whoa, what happened? And it was disconcerting because some of the people who ended up on a reef and are still there in some case, but just, you know, who just like got swayed and got, you know, um, are people who've known Jesus for a long time. 
and have a lot of biblical knowledge. And I'm thinking, how, how could that happen? Like, and honestly, I think it comes down to this humility. Because people who have a lot of Bible knowledge and have humility, or people who have very little have humility, meaning they learn and they listen and they're teachable, it goes a long way keeping you anchored. Because you're not just on your own to sort everything out. You're humble enough to say, to, to listen to people who disagree with you, not just be in your own little bubble of self-reinforcing bubble of people who think just like you do, but to interact with people who aren't like you, people, to listen to people who challenge you, to be humble enough to learn and, and to be teachable and relax. Hey, I, I might be being deceived right now. I need to run this by somebody who doesn't just think like I do. I need to be challenged. Like people who do that have done really, really well. People who haven't, haven't done as well. I mean, that's just makes sense when you think about it from a big picture, but choose humility. A great example of that is somebody we're going to get to hear from um, in June. And I, I talked about him last week. He's our founding pastor, Gene Getz. And, um, and, you know, Gene's 89 years old now. He's done two study Bibles. So he just finished the second study Bible. Now, when you do two study Bibles, you probably know a little bit about the Bible. And he does. And he's been a teacher and a professor and all that for years. 89 years old, right? So he, he knows the Bible as well as anybody. But what I know, because my office is down the hall from him, is how many times he rushes down so excited with some new thing he's learning or some new thing, whatever, or question he has. Or, and he just says, Jeff, do you have a few minutes? I just need to bounce this off you. Because I think this is what the passage is saying. But I don't want to fall in love with my idea. I want you to challenge it. I want to make sure that this is really what this is saying. And every time he leaves, I'm thinking, I want to be that guy. I want to be that teachable. I want to be that humble. Because that's how you stay on track. It's not just about knowing a lot. That's good. And to deepen our knowledge and all that. But it's also choosing humility. So I'll just commend humility for all of us. And in the spirit of humility, let's say, you know what? I'm going to choose one thing I can do this year to go deeper. It may be one of these things. It may be something else. But let's take this summer and just make it a summer of saying, I'm going to dig my roots deeper. I mean, that's part of what we do every time we come to church and we gather and we hear from God's word and we apply it in our life. That process is also making you deeper. And maybe for you, it's like, you know, I'm going to commit to that. I'm just going to regularly show up or regularly watch and apply it. I talked to one guy from California who just said, hey, we've been growing so much this year, the pandemic. We found Chase Oaks and this is what we do. We watch this sermon. Uh, he and his girlfriend, we uh, go to lunch. We talk about what we've what you've said, what we've learned and how to apply it in our life. And then we just apply it and we do it. And we're totally different people because of that. Over time. Well, that God does that. That's the power of, of Bible teaching. And so maybe that's your commitment, whatever it is. Because what God wants for you and me is to be solid in our thinking, to be rooted so that we will not only not only will we stand, but we'll also be able to bear fruit. And so with that, let's bow our heads together and ask God to help us. Father, I do pray that you would help us dig our roots deep. Because, you know, it's your concern. Because there's always so many ideas floating around out there. And they sound great. 
And God, don't let us be fooled. And where we are fooled, would you turn the light on for us? And would you help all of us this summer go deeper with you and dig our roots deeper in truth and in wisdom and have the humility to be challenged and to learn and to, and to continue learning and not get stuck. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.